You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is not brought to you by Blue Apron, 5-4 Club, Squarespace, or Mr. Clean. But maybe one day we'll have one sponsor. Looking at you, I'm enjoy. Welcome to another week of the Blue Church Breakaway. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. You're doing a lot of the pointy fingers, man. This, doing this, the finger guns. This isn't a podcast, so we don't have video until today, which we'll be putting on YouTube so people can look at our ugly mugs, uh, unfortunately, in case you wanted to do that. But for right mm-hmm. now, uh, mm-hmm. we have a lot to talk about, I would say. There was this game yesterday. I don't know if you heard it. It was the big game. We can't say the name due to advertising reasons uh rangers rangers flames it was really it was really a good game and uh i have to say it was very close to being the best game of the day by far by the way until the last moment tom brady makes his redemption to become the goat and i'm assuming you also make a ton of money greg (laughs) uh wow um first of all i'd like to thank the academy it was the performance of a lifetime for me um portraying the Degenerate gambler that, for whatever reason, put another $100 down on the Patriots before the second half started. Uh, I, I, you know, yeah, I, I mean, let's consider, okay? I I'm put, considering. I put, $50, I put $50 on the Patriots minus three before the game even started. I had 16, count them, 16 prop bets that I needed to care about. <laughs> and then before the second half started, I put another 100 down on the Patriots minus four and a half. There was a chance I was going to lose $300 on this game. And instead, I walked away up 125 Let's clap it up for Greg, everyone. Good job, Greg. Woo! All right, so now... I, that- might, I might get a microphone with that money, but more realistically... Probably not. Huh? I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to... I need furniture. Um, <laughs> you don't have what, a chair. <laughs> I, am sitting, I am sitting on a stepladder. I am legitimately sitting on a stepladder. And this is not a desk that my computer is on. This is my windowsill. So this looks great for everyone looking in my, uh, <laughs> so, my room right now. So in case people are wondering what this audio is about, we are now recording our podcast to put on 
uh, YouTube at Blue Shirts Breakaway. You can find us there. I think we'll put another episode. Maybe we'll put some clips of highlights of what's going on in the show. Like last week when Greg announced to me he just never been to a Taco Bell. I'm sure that would have made the video at that point in time. So we're going to start spreading clips of us to, uh, you know, spread the little brand a little bit. Get the brand of do- Breakaway out there. And we might do some uh, Facebook Lives when Ryan and I decide to hang out together every now and then. Which will, you know, happen sooner than later, you know, coming up. But for right now on the show today, we're going to talk a little bit about the Rangers week. Uh, we're going to get to AV's contract in a second here. And on top of that, uh, we're definitely going to touch on a lot of Super Bowl, including kissing your parents on the mouth. So we all have that to look forward to. But let's start with AV's contract. Greg, Last week on the podcast, you were not here because I was talking to James. I mean, you were here for the first part. On the second part of James, James asked me, how long do you think A.B. will be around? I said, I think he has three more years at least. Uh, yeah. As soon as I was done recording, they signed it. Two more, $2 million raise and a bonus. Greg, what are your thoughts and feelings on that? I, uh, I quite honestly just don't get it. I don't understand the timing. <laughs> I don't. Well, okay, look, my biases about A.B. aside, he has been a phenomenal manager for the Red Wings. Uh, the Red Wings. Ooh, the Red Wings. <laughs> <laughs> what? So wait, this is this is a uh, Red Wings Wreckaway or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, that was um, a terrible pun. Jeez. Awful. Not my best. I'm no, struggling. Yeah, uh, but there's just no reason to extend him. He's been a great coach for the Rangers since he's been here. I think you have to make the case. Can I stop in you our real lifetime? Quick? I know you're going to go on this rant. You just said there's no reason to extend him. He's just been a great coach for the Rangers. <laughs> well, okay, no, but here's my here's my point, right? Okay. So the Rangers play with if AV did with the Islanders what he's done with the Rangers, um, he'd oh. be the coach for life. He'd be a god because <laughs> he would have turned everything. I just think the stakes are higher for the Rangers. I don't think it's good enough for the Rangers to make to just make consecutive Eastern Conference Finals anymore. I think. Uh, you think he, the company is needed here in New York? Uh, I, yes and no. I just, I mean, the barometer should, the Rangers should always be good enough to make the playoffs. So the barometer for AV's success is not, did he make the playoffs is what has he done in the playoffs? And you're extending him after the quickest Ranger exit in the AV era. And what has been an up and down season for the Rangers as a whole this year, Uh, if you wanted to extend him. Regardless of what happened this year, if it's June and you wanted to extend him so he's not going in the next season as a lame duck coach, I don't have a problem with it. It's just, you know, what happens if the Rangers bail out of the playoffs in the first round again? I think you you can make a stronger case that A.V. would be fired if the Rangers don't go on a deep playoff run, then he deserves an extension. He, had, he already had the year on him. I, I get that you don't want a lame duck coach in any league, in any circumstance, it's not good for business. So the Rangers would have had to make a decision at the end of the year. I just don't understand why they didn't just wait until the end of the year. There was, there's no pressure to extend him. His contract's not expiring. If someone wants to hire AV as a coach, they would have to compensate the Rangers. So to extend him now when the Rangers have been – I mean, they're playing better now. They've won five of seven, but – They've had periods of bad play this year. It's so not I, like those just, games were like blowaways either. It's not like the Rangers took those games handily. No, we, we had to go to overtime to beat the fucking Sabres, and we should have dominated. We were dominating the Flames, and then we just no-showed in the second period, and we needed a red-hot third period to beat them. It's The Rangers haven't been playing great hockey, and part of the reason the Rangers haven't been playing great hockey is, uh, let's see, let's see. We've been recording about five minutes. Oh, Mets uh, our comment. Defense, whoop, 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 our whoop. defense... <laughs> 
Our defense is fuck terrible, Ryan. That's yes. why the Rangers aren't playing well. So, oh, no, no Mets comments. Wow, sorry about that. No, not yet. It's too early for that. I, it's just like every week we have to talk about how bad the defense well, is. Well, let's talk about Kevin Klein real quick because that's where I'm going next, if you want me to be honest. Oh, my God. His hair is terrible. Can we just talk about his hair for I a second? I kind of like it. I mean, the hair I'm not worried yeah. about. The hair yeah, beard combo. You're a fucking hipster. Look at I just, I don't oh understand. Like, I just don't understand what is going on up there. Like, I guess it's coming from a place of jealousy because I – don't have as much hair as I used to. Okay. But now, at the same time, it's just unnecessary I'm to gonna have be the first, all that hair. I'm going to be the first guy here to make a, a Mets comment. And I know what you're thinking. What? I know. No, the, uh, hey, no, no, no. Yeah. If you're bringing up the Grom and the I Zellman, am. I am going there. So you're saying you that Kevin Clyde's long hair is not a wonderful, beautiful thing. And yet you freeze and kiss the feet of Noah Syndergaard. Okay. Time out. Timed out. They have they have long Syndergaard, Degrom, and Gazelman have long hair, flowing locks. Okay. Kevin Klein's got something else going on. It's like it's only long on the top, and it doesn't go straight up. <laughs> it's just like so, wispy. It's, so it's, not it's like, like a Johnny Bravo hair. So that's your he problem. He's shaved the sides and back of his head, and just has long hair up top. It like if he when his hair's not in a man bun and he doesn't have his hockey helmet on, he looks like a member of the alt right. Oh, man. This is alternative already. I mean, we're getting there. We have a national holiday coming up you're going to love. Just a little bit of teaser there. But Uh, I'm a fan of his hair, but I am not a fan of his play at all of recent. It seems every goal scored against the Rangers this week had Kevin Klein on the ice. I, against the Buffalo uh, Buffalo team, he was on the ice. Against the Buffalo? Against the Buffalo. The entire herd of Buffalo, Klein was on the ice. Against the Flames, he was on the ice. Against uh, On the third goal against... The Blue Jackets, when Henrik Lundqvist has already left in two sa- let in two softies at that point, Klein pretty much doesn't take up his man, lets the guy get in front of the goal himself, just stands there and looks at him, and lets the goal go right by him. And Henrik Lundqvist gets pulled, and we have to fight back into that game to have an embarrassing 6-4 loss. Look, we're beating a dead horse at this point. There is no scenario in which Kevin Klein should be playing significant minutes for the Rangers and there's also no scenario in which he should be playing over Adam Clendenning. These are just two facts. These are facts, not alternative facts. Facts. These are real <laughs> things. Kevin Klein has been bad at some point. Even if you think that this is just a year, it's going to come. I'm sure it'll come out in the offseason. Kevin Klein's playing with like a torn ACL, PCL, turf LCL, turf, meniscus. Turf toe, for sure. Like he doesn't have a knee or something. And everyone will point to that as the reason why he's been playing poorly. But the fact of the matter is he's playing poorly. He doesn't deserve to be in the lineup on a night-in, night-out basis. And when Adam Clendenning has had a chance to play, he has been no worse than average, which for the Rangers is a step up from Klein and Girardi. That's just the way it is. Adam Clendenning has played better than both of those guys, and not only are both those guys staying in the lineup on a night-in, night-out basis, they're seeing significant ice time. And if that's the way the Rangers are going to play – in the playoffs, up into the playoffs, it's going to be a short trip for the New York Rangers, which is why I don't understand the AV extension because this is AV's choice. I can tell you management is not forcing AV to play Kevin Klein on a night-in, night-out basis. The numbers are there that suggest Klein has been a net negative for the New York Rangers. So I think Jeff Gorton would be okay with trying something else defensively, and AV is just stubborn in his ways and doesn't want to do it. So... And the other gripe I have with A.V., and this is going to sound weird because he just scored the game-winning goal against the Flames. Oh. There is no reason for Jesper Faust 
to be in the top nine. There's none. Jesper Foss should not be getting more ice time than Pavel Buchnevich. It should not be happening. Pavel has been the maybe the brightest spot on the forward line. He's averaging nearly a point a game for the Rangers when he's played while he's healthy. And he got seven minutes of ice time against the Sabres. And he had the least amount of ice time for any forwards against the Flames. That was on my question to ask you. Like, why do you think AV's doing that to Pavel? Do you think he's just playing him less because he's afraid he's going to re-injure his back? I think, I I honestly think AV thinks Jesper Foss is a better fit for his system on the third line. I think AV has this mentality where he needs a back-checking forward to be getting significant ice time and thinks that putting Foss when Hayes is out with Grabner and Miller, it'll make up for the offensive li- – I wouldn't say liabilities. I would say limitations that Jesper Foss has. So if you're getting defensive effort from Jesper in 12 to 13 minutes a night, what he's getting, AV wants to make sure Jesper Foss is on the ice. And he's going to sacrifice – what is a dynamic and young forward in Pavel Buchnevich to make it happen. There is no reason Pavel Buchnevich should – the only reason Pavel should be in the bottom uh, line is when Hayes is healthy and your three lines are just stacked, where you're rolling out the, uh, the KZZ line, which has been phenomenal, Kreider, Zabinajad, and Zuccarello. And the Miller-Grabner line, which has been – Miller-Grabner-Hayes, Miller, you're not going to touch. But at the line. same time, you know, Nash, Stepan – Blank. Like, there's no reason. Buchnevich. Okay, fine. Well, right now if it's you, VC. Right. If and I, I understand wanting to get Jimmy VC going because that's important. But then you should be alternating VC and Buchnevich on that line, either from game to game or from period to period. Though VC and Buchnevich should be getting the same amount of ice time with Nash and Stepan. You should be trying to develop them both at the same time. You cannot put those guys on a line with. Uh, as much as you like Pumple, I like Pumple. He's been great. Yeah. No, he's been an incredible waiver wire pickup. He is, what he is, what he is. and Pumple and Foss on the fourth line is not going to help Pavel Buchnevich or Jimmy VC. And this is just a scenario where the Rangers just their forward depth is that ridiculous that you know one of them is going to have to play on the fourth line. I just don't think you should shoehorn one of them in. And when Hayes was injured, there was no reason for Jesper Foss to be on the third line. None. It was just taking ice time away from Pavel. And the thing that sucks is the two games that happened, the Rangers won both, and Jesper scored the game-winning goal against the Flames. So AV is going to think he now has justification. One of my questions on the list here was for you, do you think that Jesper Fast has been criminally underrated on this team? No, I think he's been properly rated. I think Jesper's a great – This is okay, so that entire uh, rant I just had yes. is not a criticism of Jesper Foss. Right. It is Jesper a criticism Foss. of AV, who you do not agree with, it's, should have it's gotten It's AV's the... utilization of Jesper Foss. It would be uh, – here's here's your Met reference. Okay. Uh, I was waiting. It's like – it's it's finding an excuse to bat Travis Darno ninth because you want to bat the pitcher eighth and you have seven other guys that can hit anywhere in that lineup. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Jesper is great at what he, he's amazing on the penalty kill. He's probably the best. Him and Rick Nash are probably the best penalty killing forwards the Rangers have. And he is a great back checking forward who is a hard worker, grinds, and there is no offensive talent I feel can overmatch Jesper Foss. Uh, and that includes the great forwards the Penguins have. I feel like if Jesper's on the ice, there's confidence that he can 
Because he's going to play both ways. Like very, right. He's a very strong two-way player. He's a system right. player who's going to follow all the rules. He's never going to make the big mistake. That's no, what makes, makes him also, valuable. And he's also never going to score 40 points. He's a perfect complementary role player that every team needs to be good. Every team that needs that makes a deep Stanley Cup run needs someone like Jesper Fast on their roster. However, most teams, I would say 80% of them, are not starting Jesper Fast over someone like Pavel Buchnevich. It doesn't happen. It shouldn't happen. It just doesn't make Pavel sense, is, to be honest. He's, he's that dynamic. He's playing that well. We are not exaggerating how well Pavel Buchnevich is playing. You've seen it. I've seen it. Everyone has seen it. Anytime Pavel touches the puck in an offensive zone or to set up an offensive rush, he is dynamic. He sets up plays that we have not seen rookies for the Rangers do since in, I can't even remember. Including Probably. Jimmy Vesey, by the way, who I, a couple months back, have tooted his horn. And I actually have some qualms with Vesey right now. He has been playing better of late. AV's been giving him the chance to play on the second line or first line with Nash and Stepan. And the problem with him is he can't get the puck in the net. He has no control in front of the net. You can see he's kind of nervous. That game against the Flames on Sunday, we should have been up, I would say, 5-1 in the first period. But Elliott was blocking shots that, well, he had no business shooting. Uh, VC was sitting in front of the net at least three times and couldn't put it in. So watching... I, I, at watch- the same time, I understand what AV's... Try- I, see, there. this is my frustration with AV because like, I can... It's like glass half full, glass half empty. I can see what he's doing 50% of the time, and it makes sense. You need to get Jimmy VC going. This is you and I going back to the second week of the year. I was telling you about the league is going to make an adjustment to VC. We need to see how VC makes an adjustment back. And VC is not going to be able to make that full adjustment playing only fourth line minutes. You're going to have to get Jimmy VC minutes in the top six. You're just going to have to do it because that is where his home is in the long run. So you have to find your spots to do it. And in those instances, I understand putting Booch for a game on the fourth line just because, again, the Rangers' depth is so ridiculous that there really is only one top nine spot when everyone is healthy that you can adjust with, and it's that spot on the Nash and Stepan line. So you have to get Stepan some run. Um, right now, I don't think there's any question that Buchnevich is more dynamic than VC. That's not a question I think at all. If the Rangers were battling for a playoff spot and not – dealing with what is what, about a 10-point cushion uh, from safety? Yep. The, the Rangers are in a spot right now where they're so far ahead of the next wildcard team that this is the time to experiment because if you lose a game, it's not the end of the world. They're not making a big playoff push right now because that hot start to the season gave the Rangers such a cushion that even if they play 500 hockey from now until the end of the year, they should make the playoffs no problem. So you can experiment. But if this was the playoff push – I think Booch would need to, would be on the second line. But the biggest problem is if Hayes was still hurt, the Rangers were only two points up on the next wildcard team, A.V. still would have played Jesper Foss in the top nine. Almost, almost certainly, Greg. There would be no and, doubt in my mind he would have played Foss there. So he is so loyal is, to his guys, and you know that. There's a reason why Dan Girardi is still playing and isn't even on this team. And there's a thing about that that's great because – you want your coach to stick up for your players. You want to, him to have the players back. You don't want him running to the media every two days and being like, well, if only Dan Girardi could light a fucking fire under his ass. Like, we're fans. We're supposed to be super critical of every player on the ice. The coach is supposed to be loyal to a fault. The problem with AV is that fault is overstepping a boundary where it seems like he's going out of his way to make the Rangers less competitive for the sake of his guys. And that's a problem. So I don't understand why the Rangers felt the need 
to give him a one-year extension. There was no pressure on the Rangers to extend him right now. If you wanted to extend him, the difference between extending him last week and extending him in June is none because he's under contract for next year. Yeah, but what are you, you what are you really losing by extending him? Who's out there that you really want as a Ranger coach right now? Is there anyone? Well, I don't. I don't. There's, I don't there's necessarily... no one out there that you know. What you're doing is you're giving him a raise and being like, "This is your home. You're this is your team. You're not going anywhere. Everyone knows you're not going anywhere. So what's the problem? I don't understand. As much, like, as, I, as, much as I hate the, it's not going against the, the cap. Thing. That doesn't matter. I hate. I hate change for the sake of change. There's almost nothing in this world I hate more than that. If you've been in fantasy leagues with me, you've definitely heard me like, say that. Like before. trading Jay Bruce for Jay Bruce. Shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that that didn't make any sense. But you're just an asshole for bringing up the name. No, I'm not <laughs> okay. saying the Rangers should fire Av just for the sake of making a change behind the bench. What I'm saying is evaluate what Av does this season. Like wait until you see what the entire year means. If AV right now, last year it's safe to say the Rangers were spinning the tires. Like nothing was there. They weren't making anything. We've been super confident and excited about this team this year because it's younger, it's faster. It the, seems like the they've, offense they've been able to re incredibly re uh, dynamic. They reinvigorated their young core, so that's great as well. But just see what AV does through the whole season. I don't understand. Like the only people you should extend in the middle of a season is a player. There is no reason to extend a coach at any time in the middle of the season. The reason why you extend him at the end of the year, if the contract's coming up and it's expiring and you don't want him playing on a lame duck contract or there's significant buzz, like if it's a college coach and there's buzz that they might be going for a bigger job and you need to pay him more to keep him. There is no reason to extend a head coach in the middle of a season, especially when he's the head coach of a team that is currently sitting in a wild card spot because three teams in the Metropolitan Conference are better than the Rangers right now. And by the way, I just... The Capitals are officially running away with this division. And you know what? Uh, still not afraid of them. I, yep, <laughs> you know slightest. what? Still not afraid? I can't help slightest. it. I don't know what it is. I just feel like we would beat them. Uh, uh, Penguins? Yeah. Penguins, I'm deadly afraid. You know, Are the Rangers better this year than they were last year? Yes. Absolutely. It's but here's the real, But the real question is, are they better because of Elaine Vigneault? Or are they better because they simply acquired better players and they're better structured for a long run this Is that year. a fair question though because I don't know I don't know it's like not, it maybe because maybe were... maybe these were the pieces AV needed to play this well with the Rangers totally possible because we know his system he didn't have the speed to run his system in full last year and he definitely does this year but at the same time you look at some of the smaller moves AV makes Clendenning not playing Klein playing every night and Jesper Foss getting more ice time than Pavel Buchnevich, those three things won't cripple the season, but they can cripple individual games. And when it comes to the playoffs, individual games are your season. So those moves are concerning for me because I just I, – if the playoffs started – again, we go back to this every time. If the playoffs, if the playoffs started, started today, today. We had a, if we had a matchup against the Penguins, would we be qualified to beat the Penguins with Kevin Klein in the lineup and Jesper Foss getting more ice time than Pavel Buchnevich. No. I don't know. No. At the same time... You do... The, the thing one is, opponent, Greg, you do know. There's no way we would no, beat this, them. With, there, the Jesper thing doesn't become a problem because as long as Klein and Girardi are on this team, you're not stopping the Penguins. You would need Hank to play at peak Hank levels for a seven, seven games. Oh, You would yes. have to find a way... You would have to find a way to score four goals on the Penguins, and you would hope to God that Hank allows three or less. That's the only way with this defensive lineup we have, if Klein and Girardi are playing 15 minutes a night each, that's the only way. I just, 
I just don't see that in a world where Phil Kessel was on the third line of the Pittsburgh Penguins and is playing out of his mind again when it comes to the playoffs. Comes in, old Doughboy comes down the lane and scores on us. I just don't see it happening where we can stop this high-powered offense with Clint, well, even with Clint Denning in the lineup, to be honest with you, I don't think there's there's a world unless we make the big trade and we give away the first round pick that we've said we do not want to give away from a loaded draft. You know, like I know you weren't on when James was on last week, but there's a load of finished defensemen that we can take a take a look at next year. That's not really a top heavy draft, and we'll have the ability to grab someone that's going to have real value to the rest of this organ this Ranger organization going forward. So, that being said, I just don't think this is the year we can beat the Penguins. And I said this last week, I think we have to retool. I think we have to stay young and not sell for the future. So, I'm ready to go to the playoffs. I'm ready to get, I, like, we say this all the time. When a goalie gets hot, especially Henrik Lundqvist, we can beat anyone. I'm not worried about it. But I'm not hedging my bets here and, and going for the future. I'm going to play for now. I'm going to take this team to the playoffs. I'm going to try and play Kondetting instead of Girardi and Klein as much as I can. And I'm going to see what I can come away with. And hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a cup, but I'm going to be honest, odds are probably not. I doubt it. I, I have doubts. I think if the Rangers, we've said this ad nauseum at this point, if the Rangers are a wild card team, I like our odds against whoever wins the uh, Atlantic. No one in the Atlantic really scares me. The Rangers would probably be leading the Atlantic if we were in that division right now. So that's not the intimidating thing. It's just like you and I have been saying, I don't see how the, the, the Penguins are the measuring stick. And I have no idea how this team beats the Penguins in a seven-game series. I don't think it exists. Speaking of which, at this point in time, uh, can you guess the, the, the team that's in last place in the Atlantic and is not the Buffalo Sabres? Uh, is it the Boston Bruins? It is the Lightning, my friend. hey <laughs> We're going to Taco Bell. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it was any team from the Atlantic I, I know, winning I know, on. I know, I know. Yeah, it's how the but Maple Leafs doing? They're pretty good. So yeah, uh, Greg on the big stand-up game. So let's move on to our favorite segment here: our national holidays and upcoming Rangers schedule. We have a pretty packed week. Uh, we have a Monday game next week, Greg. So I don't know if you'll be recording or I'll be doing a recap by myself. But let's go through the game today, which is versus the Ducks. It is wave all your fingers at your neighbor day, Greg. Wave all your fingers. No, not just one. All your fingers. So when everyone goes outside tomorrow, <laughs> Greg gives me the finger on video. <laughs> a little bit of uh, bad radio there. But um, go outside your house, look at your neighbors, just wave all your fingers, spirit finger style, and hope we can play the Ducks at home versus MSG. Uh, a team that I would say... Versus MSG? Oh, did I just say that? Wow. At, yeah. at, at Versus MSG, the entire building itself at MSG. Uh, so that'll be a game I'm not sure how we'll do against the well, Ducks. We'll I probably... Feel- We'll probably. Oh, you're talking like how we're going to do against the Ducks. I'm yeah. talking about how we're how, how we're going to wave play. against our, how we're going to wave all our fingers at our neighbors. No, we're just, I'm only talking about how we're recording. We're not even on Monday. We're that that's uh, that's Wednesday's game, right? Or tomorrow's. No, that's game. today's game, Tuesday. Um, and then you know, for all the all the people that download the first day, uh, and then uh-huh. on Thursday we have the versus the Predators, also versus MSG, aka at MSG, and that is National Develop Alternative Vices Day. Hmm, Greg. An, alter- an alternative vice? An alternative vice. This is literally up your alley. What would be your favorite alternative vice? Uh, playing guitar. What? Not, playing a guitar vice? is not a vice, is it? <laughs> no, playing uh, guitar. A vice, a vice has to be a thing that can the, be technically yeah. bad for me, This is right? like, I go to Taco Bell every day now. It's all I can do. Yeah, but I don't know if that's an alternative vice. That's kind of that's, just your vice. That's not me. Uh, I'm talking for you. Greg. An alternative, an alternative vice. So let's see. Hmm. 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 Slot machines. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a nice alternative vice. 
See, I hate I hate slots. Now, our alternative vice is it also alternative facts? I mean, it could be whatever we want it, it really to be. It really could That's be whatever we want. So, uh, you know what? Everyone... I was just like, I'm just so happy that the Patriots, you know, they made the Super Bowl. They hit the Grand Slam. Um, they had that power play at the end of the game. That was just fantastic. And, uh, wait, wait, you know, where'd, they, you, go? where'd they, you get this from? Where did this come from? This is, this is how you explain this is football in the world of Kellyanne Conway. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just excited for her. I'm excited for her to like reference the massacre that occurred in Houston. Yeah, she'd be like, all those winners down there, all they did was win and they fought for America. They're true patriots. God, what a cunt. Wow. C word. (laughs) That is, yeah. Well, I'm not sending that one out. Anyway. All right. uh, February 11th, we have National Peppermint Patty Day. And. Mm Exactly for that, we're going to be playing the Avalanche also at home. So this is a nice little homestand at MSG. Uh, uh, I don't care for peppermint patties. I actually chose that day because I knew this would be your answer. Do you hate? Do you also hate mint chocolate chip ice cream at this point in time? Yes. Now, well, do you hate brushing your teeth? Like, I don't understand. Like, do you not find that enjoyable at all? I like chocolate and I like mint, but I see no but reason together, in the world to mix I'm the two. I'm waving my fingers at my neighbors and saying, "No way, bro! I'm not no, eating that." No, there's no reason. Patty. There's no reason to mix the two. Just why can't we live in a world where it's separate but equal, Ryan? I I don't think we live in that world. That's the unfortunate truth. That's why I'm I'm asking. Why can't we? Mm-hmm. I I, maybe, I should. I it should be no years. problem. It should be no problem. <laughs> Look, chocolate is great. Mint is, is great. great. Why do I have to mix the two? Because together, it's like. I was going to make a really nerdy reference, and I'm not going to do that. Together, it just make, you know, makes things better. Together is better, Greg. That's what I'm trying to do say. You love, Ryan, do you love pizza? Yes, and I'm excited to see where you're going. Do you, love, do you love Gushers? Yes, I do love Gushers. Would you want to put Gushers on pizza? I wouldn't say no is really the answer. I think you would. That's I disgusting. I, would, I wouldn't. I would try it. I don't knock until uh, I try it. That's all I'm saying. That's most of my life. You're, you're an idiot. Okay, well, that's fair. Uh, I got called. I see it, man. I this is going to be your favorite. That's the part because we're on video right now. Yeah, I know exactly. Your this will be probably your favorite. Uh, I would say of the national holidays coming up, and it's national next Monday. Trade Day. Mm, nope. Next next Monday we travel to Columbus to verse the Blue Jackets in another game, which I'm sure will be a lot of fun and a lot of scoring and a lot of me being very upset. But it is national. Get a different name day, Rick. <laughs> so uh, Greg's alternate name is Rick. Uh, yep. So I think have we, have we told this story on the podcast. We, we have not told this, so this is a good time. Uh, so my old job before I moved to the Great White North of of Albany, the Albany, New York <laughs> the area. Great White North. I I worked I worked at a news station in Savannah, Georgia, which we've talked about many times before. Uh, the only part I miss about that job is not being able to go into work today and just being like, "Fuck you, fake <laughs> Falcon fans." Um, Would you like but, go around and be like, "How you feeling, buddy?" Oh, bad. Wow. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask how they're feeling. I'd be like, uh, how, "How about that fucking game, huh?" <laughs> like that's just what I would say. Uh, but I, I would have to answer the phone a lot, and I, I would just pick up the phone. I would say WTOC, and because it's the South, it's honestly my biggest pet peeve in the world. If if you were to call a news station. You shouldn't. The first thing you shouldn't say is "Who speaking, plays." Is that a real thing? Bitch, you called me. Is that it a doesn't real thing? matter what my uh, to quote the Rock. It doesn't matter what my name is because <laughs> uh, they're gonna like they don't know me. They, I'm not on you TV. You don't know me. You don't, you know, don't me. know me. You don't know my life. <laughs> um, 
but they they call and they're like, "Who's spaking, please?" And I'll just I just be like, "This is Greg." And for whatever reason, they would hear, "This is Greg," and they'd be like, "Rick." And Rick? I would just be like, "Yeah, that's what I said. Absolutely." I just want to correct them because the best part is, if I I then have free reign to say whatever the fuck I want to these people, right? Because they, they can't when they back. call back and ask for Rick, I could be the one that answered the phone and be like, "I don't know, Rick." Who's Rick? I don't know. Uh, let me transfer you to another department. You had one more name, didn't you? Um, what was it? Uh, Juan or something? No. Well, well, the, we, when I went to Brazil, we called me Raul, well, there the you uh, Brazilian version of Rick. There but there was, there was another name that someone called me at the TV station that I can't remember it I now. I think if I had an alternative name, it would be Randy. I would definitely be Randy Mead. No? You're not <laughs> feeling it? No. It's just not as funny. Okay. It's just not as funny. I understand. Rick, Rick DeCaplin is amazing. Uh, I, I can't fight on that. Let's do a little bit of the nonsense rundown. So, you know, if you came for this podcast for Rangers, that's pretty much over and we're breaking away. So here we go to the nonsense rundown. Uh, what did you think about the handshake power move Tom Brady and Goodell exchanged? Where Goodell pretty much went to go pull away and Tom Brady said, nah, we're shaking for a couple more seconds here. Look, hate Tom Brady all you want. I don't. I, respect, I can't. I, can't. I respect the hell out of that man. That it's, man is the greatest quarterback of all time. It's impossible for Full me to stop. hate him. I spent my teenage years hating Tom Brady. Waking up on Sundays thinking to myself, wow, how are we ever going to be the Patriots? I'm a Steelers fan. Oh, full, full stop there. And You were. We, we were before I quit the NFL. Spoiler alert. Uh, and thinking about how Tom Brady would just beat me every single time in the AFC Championship. I hate this guy. And now he takes a pay cut. He makes $9 million. He has five Super Bowl championships. The only one that can stop him is a half-retarded Eli Manning. So <laughs> it's really like, he, the guy's unstoppable. And especially halfway through that game last night when you're going, hmm, there's no way they can win this game. The Falcons have to literally mess up every single play that the Patriots to come back. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. Uh, it was the world's most epic collapse. I don't know what the baseball equivalent or like other sport equivalent of that collapse is playoff teams were like 93 and 0 when leading by 19 points in the fourth quarter in playoff history. Uh, like just the think biggest... of everything the, the Patriots, first of all, they missed an extra point. Yep. They fucked up an onside kick. Yep. And they still needed two, two point conversions <laughs> to tie the game. And guess what? They, they got them, Greg. They got everyone easy. Like the only, the, really the only thing in sports that I can equate that choke job to, and I know the cop-out is going to be like, well, of course Greg connected it to the Mets. But really, the only thing you can connect it to, is, and I still think it's more improbable because the Mets had to win the next day, but game six of 1986, the Mets were down two runs with two outs and nobody on base in the bottom of the 10th inning against the Red Sox. They were literally one out away, and the tying run wasn't even on base yep. or at the plate. So that's like the only thing in Good sport. like Billy Buckner. Because, you know, the teams blowing 3-1 or 3-0 leads, that's, you know, that's part fluky and part just the team getting hot. But if you're talking about a singular game in a winner-take-all game, the only game I could equate it to of a team choking as hard as the Falcons did are the Red Sox in 1986. That's the only thing I can think of. I can't think That's of it. I can't think of another game, but I do want to get back to the handshake real quick before we move on to more Super Bowl stuff. 
Is the power move handshake what I should be doing all the time in my life? Like hold the handshake too long. When they go to pull away, I, you just go one more second, my friend. I don't think you're. I don't see. I don't think you're strong enough to pull it off. Though. Not, I think oh, Tom, I, Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady's got arms. some. Tom Brady's got some oomph in those arms, and he's got really big hands. Now, do you think Goodell went to go pull away or Brady? Who held it first? I know this is really petty, but I just love that moment. If there's anything I know about Roger Goodell, it's he definitely tried pulling out first. Hundred <laughs> percent, Greg. Hundred <laughs> percent. Our next question: Are we absolutely spoiled with championship games this year? This has been unfucking real, right? It's the uh, NCAA final is one on a buzzer beater. The NBA championship three one comeback. The Cubs win the World Series, coming back three to one. And game people forget how fucking nuts Game Seven was. Game I, Seven, how could you forget? The World Series had one of the most literally nuts fucking games everything of all time. Had a, whole, a comeback home run, had a pitcher's duel, had, had every a rate art of, of baseball. Had extra innings. Yeah, had everything. And the Cubs breaking the curse. Yeah, and then this game, I, I, I feel bad because this is a hockey podcast, and I honestly can't remember the Stanley Cup final because yeah, everything cause else it was, around it was it's so because great. because it was the Sharks, Greg. <laughs> it was the Sharks and the Penguins. Like, what do yeah. you fucking do? Yeah. Like, and guess, spoiler alert, the Penguins crushed them. It wasn't close. Yeah. What did they win? Like, 4-1? I can't even remember. I, 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 I don't know. But, yeah, the, the NCAA championship winning on a buzzer beater. And it's just it's one of those things where, like, at the end of every big game in a playoff winner-take-all, you take a step back and be like, I don't know if there's anything that could top that. Like, we definitely said that after Villanova. We definitely said that after the LeBron block after they came back from 3-1. We definitely said that after Game 7 uh, for the Cubs. And now we're – there will I don't there never be a better football game, right? There will never be a better Super Bowl. There will never be a better Super Bowl. Yeah. They're just but here's the other thing about this. the Super Bowl sucked for 50 minutes. It was awful. It was an awful game. It was so bad, Greg. It was unwatchable. I wanted to go home at halftime. All right, we're going to come back to this question. Actually, let's let's finish this question now. We're going to move on how I spent my Super Bowl actually watching the shitty Super Bowl that was until, you know, the last 15 minutes when it became this amazing specimen. Uh which of these games, you know, the Villanova, the LeBron game, the Cubs game, and now the Super Bowl, do you think is the most memorable of all of them? Now, recency bias aside, look, which is the most memorable? Which is the one we'll be talking about the most in 50 years? I think Cubs game seven. Probably, right? And then I think Cubs. Followed because by- it's, the, it's the stakes. It's the Cubs breaking the curse. And I, I, I'm also like baseball is my first true love, so I think I do have some bias aside. I think that will be the game better remembered, but I really think Super Bowl Fifty One might go down as the best Super Bowl of all time. Like I think fifty years from now, if you're trying to think of the best Super Bowls there ever were, Super Bowl Fifty One's at the top of the list. I just it's hard to put Super Bowl Fifty One up against Game Seven because Game Seven was unbelievable in every aspect. Of the term. It had every narrative possible for baseball. Yep. At the same time. I, I will I just, say the I Super Bowl is com- kind of comparable to the 18-1 Super Bowl and the Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl, which were both very good. But this, obviously, is the shock factor of it. That's an interesting... Like, recency bias... I mean, it's a 19-point comeback in the fourth quarter. Like, that's hard to top. But at the same time... Well... The... And, uh, like, I think the Seahawks throwing the interception at the one was so immediate that it was more shocking than it was enjoyable. Like, you didn't know how to process what happened because it was so quick. But this was such a slow burn 
that you can see it coming a mile away, and you're just like, Jesus Christ, is this really going to fucking happen? It was like watching just, a plane run out of fuel and being like, well, can we help that plane at all? No, we're just going to watch it fall to the ground. That's all we're going to do. It and, was unbelievable. It was, it, it was incredible. It was the best fourth quarter in Super Bowl history. I think it's the best, most memorable Super Bowl in NFL history. And the, the best part was, as soon as Matt Ryan gets sacked, you're, you know the Patriots won you're like, oh, that's it. As soon as the Patriots got the ball back, <laughs> I was won. like, well, they're scoring. Yeah. Like there, there was no doubt in my mind that they weren't gonna score. Yeah. And was, then as soon as they won over. the, as soon as they won the coin toss in overtime, I was like, game, that's, that's it. it. That's it's over. Uh, I do want to get to how I spent the Super Bowl when it was on the downside of things. This is what I recommend for everyone next year. I'm gonna have to remind you if you're all still listening at that point in time. Get a spreadsheet with all your friends and rate all the commercials. Just give them one to ten. And then at the end of the night, be like, what was the best commercials? Greg, do you, what are the uh, commercials you remembered from the Super Bowl? Hot take for you, Ryan. Oh, uh, commercials this year were dog shit. What? There was definitely three were, good ones. There were, I had, uh, I had two good ones. And then one uh, where our friend Vinny Gennardi uh, put it perfectly, where we can't determine if it was the worst commercial of all time or the best. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Easily, <laughs> I'll give you the three. Easily my favorite is the Cam Newton Buick commercial. Really? That's not even in my I top five. Uh, that was my favorite. My number two is Christopher Walken and Justin Timberlake. That's a top. That's a top two for me. Easy. Um, not even and then a the one I can't. The one I can't determine if it was really good or really bad is the the rebirth of Spuds McKenzie. Okay. All right. So I I have that on my list too. The rebirth of Spuds McKenzie. I was kind of halfway through. I was like, this is good. This is bad. I can't. I can't decide if I'm really enjoying this. I, I don't uh, know. That that commercial. That commercial was something. It made me forget that I was watching a football game, but I don't know if I was enjoying the commercial or just so transfixed on how ridiculous this commercial was that it was just blocking all thought in my head. All right, so commercials I gave a 10 were the Mr. Clean commercial. When Mr. Clean is like busting the moves, the sexual tension is ridiculous with that with his wife. He's like pretty much cocking her at that point in time. He's sitting around, he's like, you're like, ooh, Mr. Clean is fucking getting it right now. And that, that sticks out in my head. We were all, like, everyone shot up. We're like, ooh, Mr. Clean has got a new style. He's like, like, I always thought Mr. Clean might not be, you know, he might not be on the uh, the straight side, Greg, but I was I was wrong. So. I didn't know Mr. Clean had a penis. <laughs> I thought he, it was kind of just like a mannequin. He might. Well, no, he's a, he's a real figure. Uh, and then the other things, uh, the other commercials I really enjoyed was the Kristen Shaw Teen Mobile commercials where she would call the Verizon uh, help desk and she'd be like, talk dirty to me. Tell See, me about, I wasn't tell a big fan of those commercials because I can't hear her voice and not think of Louise Belcher, and I don't want to think of like an eight-year-old girl. Okay, doing that. Okay, fine. So. I, I'm a big fan of hers. And then you know what other commercial stuck out to me, Greg? And this is the real big hot take for me. The Scientology commercial had me rolling on the floor. It was, was that like, a Scientology? Yes, Greg. <laughs> there was like this. What the fuck was I doing? There was this commercial. It was like a new world, a new vision. Everyone coming together. And then at the end, I was like, what is this for? I have no idea what I'm watching right now. And it was like, Scientology.org. <laughs> I was like, what? I didn't, I, I didn't see that. It the, was commercial like, that the commercial I thought was just ridiculous was the um, American Petroleum Organization. Oh that was it was like, like, oil's in everything. And I was like, do you mean that sarcastically? Yeah, because like, you shreds it trying, everywhere? What are you trying or to say? Or like, yeah. what, are you, what are you trying to say? What are you doing here? What are you doing? I don't give a shit. Like, it's just funny to me that Scientology and the American Petroleum people felt the need to spend $5 million to tell us something that literally no one would think 
anything of. No, it was like, oh, wow, is oil good and it's necessary for my car? Wow, it is. Thanks. There were so many times where I thought to myself, wow, I can't believe this company just wasted $5 million. Like, there was a Toyota commercial that was like any other Toyota commercial. It was just standard, like, go to Toyota. We have a car you could buy. And then all of a sudden, uh, it was over. I was like, wow, that was a shitty commercial that my brain literally tuned out because that functionality is just so much... Like, my brain ad blocks for me. I have a self-ad blocker in my head. So if it's not a Super Bowl commercial, I'm just not paying attention. And then it was gone, and they wasted $5 million. Good for them. Uh, not my, hashtag not my money. Not my money. Uh, for, I have one more commercial I want to talk about, and that is, we're going to go back to the Bye 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 commercial. What were your thoughts when you first saw Christopher Walken, and did you know, do you, do you, do you know right now what the product was? That they were I think selling. it's a drink of some kind. Okay, all right. So I just wanted to make sure it stuck. It stuck with am me. I, am I ever? Am I ever going to drink that drink? Never, no, never. But I will. I will. I will remember that it's a drink. And not to be that guy, and because I judge Henry Lundquist, but Justin Timberlake, how does he keep looking so good? I just don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Jessica Biel keeps him young. Yeah, I think that would keep me young too. To be fair, uh, do you think Matt Ryan is happy with his MVP award? I'm so happy Matt Ryan crashed and burned. Uh, it validated every bad thing I've ever said about Matt Ryan. The storyline that pisses me off about Matt Ryan, and I'm so happy that this happened, uh, this Super Bowl went the way it went. People think the nickname Matty Ice means that right. he's great under pressure. No. No. It means he was a cheap fucking fuckboy in college and drank natural ice. And people Hashtag called him mouth. Matty Hashtag Ice because mouth. he loved terrible beer yep. natural ice is a step down from natural light which is what you and i drank on the regular in college like at that point if you're drinking natural ice why don't you just get dubra and Natty drink gasoline yeah uh i have one more award to pick to pick at with the nfl but first i want to say i called my mom last night uh you know just check in on her saying hello good for you just you know i just wanted to I'm gonna humble brag real quick called my mom and she <laughs> we said get it. You have a mom. She, she said i don't have a dad uh she said you know what? I was watching the Super Bowl and I don't watch football and I don't understand it. But did the red team let the other team win? <laughs> I was like, ooh. Oh, I, perfect. If you go back and listen to our podcast last week, the only thing I said about the Super Bowl was, I just want the Falcons to lose in the worst way. Now, what I meant by that was, right. I wanted in the worst way the Falcons to lose. Like, I didn't, I just wanted them to lose. What I think the football gods heard me say is, not only did I want the Falcons to lose, I wanted them to scorched earth. I want to cause a great depression in Atlanta. Atlanta had a good year. They had a TV show that uh, came out. The Hawks you know what? were no, good for a couple minutes. No graphic, no graphic made me happier than the let's look at all the champions Boston's won. Now let's look at all the championships <laughs> the one, Atlanta's the one, won. Was it the 1995 Braves? Uh, and it's the, the worst series? fucking World Series of all time. Yeah. Like I don't remember the, it. You shouldn't because it was fucking terrible. Uh, I think they beat the Mariners. Like, I think that's the team they beat in it. Um, which is a shame because Ken Griffey Jr. would have deserved that ring a lot more than anyone on the Braves. Anywho, I mean, it just reminded me that the Braves won, like, 16 consecutive National League East championships, and they only have one fucking ring it's really, to claim credit for. It's really absolutely incredible. The staff they had at that point in time was Maddox, Lavin, Smoltz. And, and I, they I'm also the, had, they had Chipper Jones. They had Andrew Jones. They, they stacked, stacked, Greg. They got nothing, and then the Yankees were like, "Hey, we're here now. Thanks for playing." So unreal, yeah, unreal. I, the craziest thing: sixteen National League East titles or whatever, and they only went to three World Series. They only went to three. That doesn't make any sense. 90, well, 
Yeah, 95, 96, and 99. Those are the only three World Series they went to. Incredible. Uh, I have one more gripe to pick with the NFL uh, Comeback Player of the Year award. Is this one of the stupidest awards of all time, or is it just me? So Jordy Nelson wins Comeback Player of the Year award. He was Justin great. Verlander should win every Comeback Player of the Year award. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's fair, uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons, I would say. What's up, Kate Upton? But, if you want to come to the podcast, please, hit us up. <laughs> we'll, wave, we'll wave all our fingers at you, neighbor. But this, this award to me is so stupid, because Jordy Nelson was not only, he was a great player, he just got hurt, and then he came back because he was hurt, and he continued being a great player. Why, yeah, but at the same time, like... Why do you deserve it, an award okay, for that? But here's my thing, so like... If you're a bad player and all of a sudden you become good and they give you the comeback player of the year award, what'd you come back from? Just being bad? Yeah. Like, that's not a comeback player of the year award. That's just congratulations. Hey, you're all of a sudden hey, good now. Chad Pennington won the comeback player of the year award because he was yeah, but bad. Yeah, he perpetually, he was he was perpetually good injured. Like, I, I think I if you're going to do the comeback, I will say this. If you're going to do comeback player of the year, it should only be awarded to guys coming off injuries because they're coming back from something. You can't just give it to like – um. What's a good example? Say, I don't know. What? Who's, who's, who's bad that who's, all of a sudden who's became good? Who's was good? Like Derek Carr? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. No, because he was a rookie. He was, he but was, uh, Brock Osweiler. Like, oh, if okay. Brock Osweiler is just good next year, he shouldn't be comeback player of the year. He should just be like, if Brock, congratulations. You should You're definitely not get the comeback player. Anymore. That's the only way you should get it. I'm just saying this award's dumb and it shouldn't be a thing. That's my, that's my opinion. Can I give you the my favorite bet that I won yesterday? You definitely can. I'll, let me give you – all right. So, I made – like I said, I made 16 prop bets with my buddy Vinny Gennardi uh, for the Super Bowl. Shout out to On me. top of the two outright Patriot bets that I made that won me the most of my money. Um, the one that uh, – <laughs> the one that we lost the quickest was we put money on Tom Brady completing his first pass. <laughs> Didn't. <laughs> um, the, uh, the most – improbable one we won was we made a bet that the score would be tied at any point in the game after 0-0. Mind you, again, the score of this game was 28-3, to and we thought that this bet was over. Okay. We thought there was no way in hell that we were ever going to see a tie game. But you got there, buddy. But we did. You got there. Um, and then my favorite bet, and I'm just angry that we didn't put more money on it, we took under 14 and a half yards – for Levine Toy Lolo's first reception. Who? He didn't even get it. Who is that? I don't even know who he's that the, is. He's the uh, run-blocking tight end on okay. the Falcon. Okay. He didn't even get a target. <laughs> and then the most, the most heartbreaking bet we lost was uh, you could make bets on who the first player was going to be to score a touchdown. Okay. And for whatever reason, Vinny was like, we're putting money on Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper is scoring the first touchdown this game. He scored the second one, right? It's called the second one of the yeah. game. The odds, if we won, we each put $5 on that one, we would have won 90 if he scored the first touchdown. Question. He was plus did, 1850. Did they show the Gatorade getting dumped on TV? Did you see that at all? I don't think that I was did a he, thing. I didn't see it. I don't know if he even got Gatorade dumped I on I don't him. think he got it. I think it's, his fifth, it's his fifth Super Bowl. I don't think he dumped Gatorade anymore. They were like, screw it. Who cares? Um, the bets that our dear friend, our dear friend Alex, uh, he bet the uh, 415 or over, the Super Bowl record, he bet that. He bet three straight scores, and he bet missed field goal, and he didn't decide he didn't want to bet them all. He took them all back before the game started, <laughs> and they all hit. <laughs> and they all no, hit. That, no one missed the field goal. Goskowski no, missed, missed the extra, point. Sorry, extra point. He yeah, 
he was uh, he was on betting all those, but they were ten dollar minimums, and he was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And he, and he like took them all back, and they all won. So that felt really good to watch him squirm. Uh, last Order. question of the night: uh, Tom Brady kissed his dad in the mouth. Did that freak you out? Uh, <laughs> I just think it makes you jealous. I, I don't it, know. It does make me jealous. I mean, I wonder what that's like kissing a dad yeah. in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not. Would I ever kiss my dad on the lips? No. Right. Like hard yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, I mean, I don't know. Good for him. Yeah. If, I'm if just asking the question. If is it weird? To, all right, let me rephrase here. Let me rephrase the question for you. Is it weird to kiss any of your family members on the mouth? Yeah. Yes, right? Except my dog. Yeah. I would kiss my I dog on the mouth. I would tongue kiss my dog to sleep. Like, easy. But any of my family members, that's weird. I'm just saying. All my one, my one family member I have alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, yeah, it's just fucking weird. It is like weird. full stop. Like full stop. you don't need to explain full it anymore. Full stop, Tommy. Okay, don't kiss your dad. Um, still, still, still the greatest quarterback of all time. Don't kiss your dad. <laughs> I, I mean, he's so good, he can do whatever the yeah, fuck. Yeah, I guess you can kiss your dad but, all you want. <laughs> I just, I fucking love how angry some people get because the Patriots oh, win. It's like, literally incredible. I'm sure it's it's as angry as I get. Like if when the Phillies were winning or whatever, but like just sitting back and watching someone else get that angry, I'm just like, oh, that's. That's what it's like. That's what it's huh. like. That's that's what I look like. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure it's a humbling experience um, for you. Uh, I think that's all we have for today in our podcast. Is there any other points you want to make before we head off here, Greg? Um, I'm happy the Mets re-signed Jerry Blevins and Fernando Salas. Oh, there you go. And I'm happy that in a, in, a, in a nerdy way, I drafted Fernando Tatis Jr. today in our dynasty league. I totally forgot that he was even a thing. Yeah, like I, I don't think it's he's literally a good your boy. I, well, it's my boy's son, first of all. I know. Um, it's his genetics. And, and you know what the funny thing is? I was bragging with a buddy in our league. I was like, wow, my draft is going perfect right now. Yeah, and then um, that's it. All right. Everybody, if you're in a fantasy baseball league and you want a long-term keeper prospect that you want to stash, Junior. No, there's a pitcher in the Mets system by the name of Thomas oh. Zapuki. Yeah, you want ridiculous. He struck out. And I shit you not, 45% of the batters he faced in the minor leagues last year. Yeah, he was ridiculous. Um, so, Greg, we'll be back next week. Uh, sorry for all the clicking today. I had to do some clicking on the podcast, so that was unfortunate. I'm going to try and edit a lot of that out. Um, but I know some of you have come up to me before and be like, what's up with that clicking? So today there was a lot of it. So I'm going to do my best to reduce that. You know, you can always follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break, uh, on Instagram, Blue Shirts Breakaway. Our website is getting redone officially now. Whoop, whoop. Uh, oh really yeah blue shirts breakaway we're gonna have our good friend sean wilson redo that with us i'm doing finger guns like joe biden here and uh you can now watch us occasionally can, whenever we're, we we're gonna occasionally to post clips of the show on uh on our youtube so we can start spreading some of our our smaller takes uh throughout the internet interwebs and that'll be all so we love you all and we'll see you next week greg say goodbye this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.